Welcome to the Landmark Church Weekly Podcast. Amen. You can remain standing if you will stand. The rest will stand with me this morning. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. I love it how the Lord sets things up and um, we decided to do a sermon series starting today for this month called Grateful and when I got the list of the songs, I don't, I don't talk to Brittany ahead of time usually and plan a lot of that stuff. I, I let her plan the songs and the first song they were doing today was Grateful and so I love how the Lord worked those things out and so today we want to start a series called Grateful. Deuteronomy chapter 6, let's begin with verse 10. If you're ready to hear the word of the Lord, say amen. amen. So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build, houses full of all good things which you did not fill, hewn out wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. When you have eaten and are full, then beware, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. If you'll skip over to chapter 8, let's read several verses beginning with verse 11. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes which I commanded you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have, all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up And you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in in which where were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water. Who brought water for you out of the flinty rock. Who fed you in the wilderness with manna which your fathers did not know that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, my power. And the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Then it shall be, if by any means you forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroys before you, so you shall perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. I want to talk to you for a very few moments this morning on this topic. Don't forget God. Don't forget God. Father, we thank you for your time together. Thank you for your word. And Father, today as we leave here, I just pray that we're challenged. And Father, we leave here learning things about you that we never knew, understanding things we've never seen before. And Father, may we leave here with a different attitude than what we walked in here with. In Jesus' name we pray, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, amen. Turn around high five two or three people and say, don't forget God, and you may be seated. Okay, we're going to take a poll this morning. I think I've asked this on a Wednesday night. I might have asked it on a Sunday, but we're going to take it again. I do it every year. If you are a person that believes in listening to Christmas music before Thanksgiving, just raise your hand. Okay. Now, if you are saved and you believe in not listening to Christmas music until after Thanksgiving, just raise your hands 
Hallelujah, amen and amen. It is a hot debate on social media and everywhere right now. And um, you can be wrong, that's no problem. That's between you and the Lord. Just kidding. This is a time of thanksgiving. We're we're gathering closely to that holiday. And you can look at me and tell I love to eat Thanksgiving meals. I mean, my, 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 my mouth is already watering thinking about turkey and dressing and ham and deviled eggs and I'm from Mississippi, so we, you know, we put casseroles and all that kind of stuff with it. And so um, I'm excited about Thanksgiving and what that's going to be like this year. It's going to be good. But here's the thing about it. As we get ready to that, there's a word that I feel like really sums up what Thanksgiving should be about, and it's the word gratitude. It's gratitude. Now, when we think of Thanksgiving, we think of things like the meal. We think of things like having to watch the Detroit Lions on, on Thanksgiving Day, and they lose, and they're bad. And the Dallas Cowboys, they, they may accidentally fumble the ball and knock it into the end zone. And some of you remember Leon Lett in those days and those kind of things. And, and we think about all that stuff. But the truth is the idea behind all of this is the idea of gratitude. And here God is talking to Israel. And I want to just back up. I didn't read this this morning, but I want to just tell you the first part. If you remember, Israel is in bondage to in Egypt. And God even tells them there, remember that I brought you out of the house of bondage. They're in bondage in Egypt. And when they're in bondage to Egypt, they cry out out for 400 years they cry out to God and they say God deliver us God save us and you know how long it took them to gripe about God doing that for 400 years they asked God to bring them out and within a matter of days they are griping because he didn't do it the way they wanted him to they're up against the Red Sea. And look at Moses and say, great, you brought us out of Egypt. What do you mean now we're going to die right here? Thanks for doing that, Moses. You're the deliverer. Look at us. Now we're going to die right here. They get on the other side of the Red Sea, and the food's not like it was in Egypt. And they say, we had better food in Egypt. We had vegetables back there. All you've got now is this food around here. We had vegetables. We don't have vegetables. I don't have salad. They don't even have ranch dressing on this side of the Red Sea, Moses. Thank you a lot. They're already griping and complaining. They, for 400 years, they had been crying out to God, get us out of here. But they quickly began to whine and gripe and complain. I wonder how many times Moses made the dad jokes and said, do you want any cheese with that wine? Or um, you may call the wambulance, that kind of thing. But here they are griping and complaining. And here's the thing about that. What God was trying to tell them is, I have something better for you that Egypt could have never offered. I'm going to give you houses you didn't even build. You're going to be able to get water out of cisterns, out of wells. You didn't even have to dig them. You're going to have cities that you're going to live in, and you had nothing to do with building them. I've got a promised land for you. But here's the deal. Here was the, here was the issue. The children of Israel were so focused behind them that they couldn't see the great things that were in store in front of them. And I want you to know today, here's what gratitude does. Gratitude gives us the right perspective to where we're grateful for what God has done for us and we're thankful for where God is taking us. That God has something great in store for us. And even if right now it doesn't look as good as it used to, I am still grateful that I'm here so that the next step can be better and I can see everything that God has in store for me. Amen? Amen. James chapter 1 verse 17. I want to I pick this scripture apart this morning. James says this, every good and every perfect gift 
comes from the Father above. I'm gonna, this, that's the King James. I'm going to read the New King James. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. I don't know if you like daylight savings or not, but this morning, because of our internal clocks, um, I used to love it before I had a child. I love getting an hour of sleep. I, I, the spring one, Forget it. But the fall one, I was always so excited. You get, I mean, last night I even told Sarah, it's only 9.30. But here's the problem. This morning at 4.57, my son's waking up crying. And I'm the type of person, once I wake up, I'm up. I can't go back to sleep. I'll try. I'll lay there. I can lay there for an hour. And I do not go back to sleep. And so this morning, he went back to sleep, thankfully. He went, eventually, he goes back to sleep. And he, but I, at 4.57, I am up because of this daylight savings thing in my eternity internal clock. Now we understand now because of daylight saving what's going to happen is the sun is going to rise earlier and it's going to set earlier and so now this week about 5.30 you'll think it's midnight you'll be ready to go to bed and it's only 5.30 at night. Because here's what happens. The earth is spinning. It is turning. And when the earth turns it creates what we call night but it's a shadow. The sun, if the earth was standing still and the sun was in one spot, that one spot would always have light, but it spins. And as the sun spins, it creates a shadow, it casts a shadow that we call night. Notice what James says, every good gift comes from the Father. The first thing he wants you to know is that God is a good Father that gives you good things. He loves you and God wants good things for you. So today we are thankful and grateful for every good gift. If it's good in your life, it came from God. He is a father that gives you good things but then it says he is the father of what lights literally James is talking about there the moon and the sun he is the father of lights and here what he says in him there is no variation or shadow of turning. So in our, in our earth, we have shadows. We have shadows because the earth spins. And because of that, there are shadows. But with God, there is no shadow. With God, He is light. And He is always light. And when He shines on us, here's the reason we have shadows in our personal life. It's not because God moved. It's because we moved. You understand that? That God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is always shining on us. But here's the problem. We move. And when we move, all of a sudden a shadow is cast on our life. But God never moved. He is a God who doesn't move. He is a God that has no shadow of turning. And so here's the problem. If I focus on my circumstances, I get my eyes off of God, and I get over here, and shadows begin to be cast in my life. All of a sudden there's hidden things in my life. There's dark things. Because I'm getting my eyes off of Jesus and I'm getting my eyes on my circumstances and now I look at my bank account and I think God I'm not going to make it and all of a sudden shadows of doubt and negativity and all these things begin to enter my heart because I have turned from him but gratitude refocuses me on who God is and I recognize even though everything around me may be terrible I know one thing I know whom I believed in he is he has no shadow of turning and as long as I look to him his light will shine in my life and gratitude and gratefulness and thanksgiving refocuses me so I am focused on him and not as what is going on around me amen listen if we're not careful we get into the selfishness and once again we get into whining and griping and complaining and constantly I, 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 
you know, when you have a toddler, I tell him all the time, Benjamin, use your words. Don't whine about it. Quit whining. Use your words. Because here's the truth. If we're not careful, our human nature is this. Our human nature is to whine. I'll be honest with you that gratefulness doesn't always come natural to us. Gratefulness is not our natural position. It is natural for us to get upset, for us to get mad, negativity. All those things are more natural in our life. But listen, you've got to find a reason to be grateful and to be thankful and to realize every good gift comes from God. If God gave it to you, now you say, you know what, Pastor? I work for that job. Let me ask you something. I know we don't use checks as much. We have direct depositing. But I want you to imagine you get a check from your work today. Who do you think made the trees that they cut down to make paper out of to put your check on so that you could get a check. You didn't create that tree. By the way, who woke you up this morning? Who gave you the air in your body so you could go to work and do what you need to do? You think you did it? God says there, Israel, you did this? Guess what? It is I who give you the power to get wealth. I'm the one who has given you the ability. Don't forget who you are, Israel, that I am the one that have given you the ability. And so we learn to be grateful that we even have the opportunity to do those things. Amen? Sometimes it's literally finding reasons. I read a story about a man who he, he was in a hurry and he needed his pants ironed. And so his wife said, I'll iron your pants. Brand new pants. He was so excited about wearing these new pants. And his wife got the iron really hot and she burned the pants and ruined them. And his first reaction was to get mad and upset, to be negative. But he said, I've got to, I'm going to think of something to be thankful. And he said, Lord, I am thankful my legs were not in those pants when she ironed them. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to find something. Matthew Henry is a, a famous preacher. He wrote a commentary on the Bible. Matthew Henry one day was robbed. And in that moment, he was trying to think, what can I be grateful for in this situation? He was, somebody just robbed, took his wallet, stole every, all of his money. And he said, Lord, I'm thankful for three things. Number one, I'm thankful I've never been robbed before. Never had to deal with this before. Number two, even though this man took my wallet, he didn't take me. Didn't take my life. He got my money, but he didn't get me. I'm thankful I'm alive. And number three, even though he took everything, I'm thankful I didn't have very much. That's what he said. In that moment, he's trying to think of something. What is it that I can be grateful for? But once again, gratefulness and gratitude doesn't come natural. So we work on those things. We find things in the moment. It's not about being naive, and it's not about acting like something hasn't happened. What it's about realizing is this, that even though this happened, that I still have hope, I still have my joy, I still have my peace, because they are not in things in this world, but those are found in my relationship with Jesus, and I learn to be grateful so my eyes are fixed on him I learn to be grateful so I'm looking to him so whenever I get to the place of where I'm at I don't think I did it because here's the problem we get to the place we, we, we have songs I did it my way we, we say things like I pulled myself up by my bootstraps I understand what it's saying I believe in a hard work ethic I believe in coming to work I believe in doing those things but at the end of the day it is not those things that got you everything it is God and God alone that got you where you're at today and if you're not careful you will forget in the new testament one day jesus and this is a very common thanksgiving passage but jesus is walking along and 10 lepers come up to him and here they are full of leprosy they have this disease in their body and, and if you've ever studied uh, dr paul brand was a famous doctor dealing with leprosy he says that leprosy we think it's a skin disease but the truth is it deals with nerves and the problem with leprosy would kill your nerves so you felt no pain 
And the problem with that is you would cut yourself, you wouldn't feel it, and your arms would literally begin to rot because in those days they did not have the technology and the medicine that we have now. And so they would cut themselves, they would hurt themselves, they wouldn't feel the pain. And because they didn't feel the pain, their extremities would begin to rot and things would happen. So leprosy, it, it, did, it did deal with the skin, but a lot of it had to do with the nerves underneath the skin. So Jesus is there, and here's these men that run up, and they're full of leprosy. And in those day and age, you ran from them. They would have to literally walk down the street, street screaming, unclean, unclean. And so Jesus goes, lets them come to him, and he tells them, you're healed. Go show yourself to the priest. And so all ten go away. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, there comes one back. And the one that comes back says, I just want to thank you for what you've done. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for doing this in my life. And Jesus asked that man a question. Were there not ten? Where are the other nine? And then he tells the man something. Go, your faith has made you whole. The rest of the ten were healed. Jesus is a man of his word. He healed them. But I believe that one received something that the other nine did not receive and that they were made whole. But here was the problem. Where were the other nine? You know where they were at? They were enjoying the blessing. They were excited to be healed. They're at home. But here's the problem with that. They were enjoying the blessing instead of getting, giving credit to the blessor. They were more excited about the blessing than the one that gave the blessing to them. And here's the thing if you're not careful you get so excited about the blessings of God you get so excited that things are going well things are looking up that maybe you find yourself in a difficult spot down here and you're down in the dumps and everything is bad and you feel like life is about to end and then God all of a sudden res resurrects your life and restores things and brings you up and he brings you to this place and all of a sudden you begin to rise back up and you get those things in your life that you need and life begins to look good and here's what happens we take our eyes off of God and we're enjoying the blessings, but we forgot the blessor. We forgot the one that did this for us. We forgot the one that got us to this place. We're enjoying the blessing, but we forgot the reason. And I want you to know there is power in gratitude. When you begin to be grateful, I believe the reason some of us don't have some of the things that we've desired is because God is not going to give us things that we will be ungrateful for. But listen, whenever my son says thank you, I want to give him more ice cream. Here you go. Thank you for saying that. I'll give you a little bit more. Thank you for having a heart of gratitude. And how many things in our life does God withhold? I don't mean that in a bad way. But God says, you're not even grateful for what I'm giving you. Why would I give you more whenever you're ungrateful for what you've got? And when we live with gratitude, there is something about that. Jesus feeds the 5,000. And when he feeds the 5,000, the Bible says that there was 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. So, I mean, there's probably maybe 15,000 people that Jesus, Jesus is feeding. And what happens? They come up to him and they say, well, you got to feed all these people. We only have 200 denarii. We can't, we can't buy food for them, Jesus. We need that multiplied. But, and Jesus said, what do you have around you? And he said, well, here's a little lad. He's got some loaves and some fish. That's all we've got. And Jesus said, bring it to me. And Jesus did one thing. One thing. He didn't say, hocus pocus, abracadabra. Jesus did one thing, and when he got done with it, the Bible says that when he was done, there was so much food left over. He, he didn't just feed them what they wanted. They all ate till they were, I mean, it was like Golden Corral. They had fried catfish and cornbread, and they ate until they were sick. They were so full. They ate, and then there was 12 
baskets full. You know what Jesus did? The Bible says he took the loaves and the fish and he gave thanks. He told God, thank you. In other words, God, I know you can do it. I know you're able. And before you do it, I just want to stop and say thank you because you're fixing to do a miracle. You're fixing to perform something. And when he said thanks, he said, guys, pass it out. And all of a sudden, they're passing out so much that there's, there's stuff left over because he did one thing. He said thanks. And I believe there is power in gratitude. I believe whenever I live the kind of life that is grateful for what God has brought me and that he can trust me with what, he, what he's given me because I'm thankful and I'm grateful, then God says, I can trust you more. And he gives it to me. And I don't start getting the big head thinking, look at me. Look how good I am. Look at what I did. But I began to be humbled. What did God tell Israel? I, I, I tested you to humble you because I wanted to show you it was not about you. Israel, you think you could do it. And I want to tell you it is not you that could do it but here is the problem when you get there you're going to enjoy the houses and the land and the food and you're going to be so excited about the stuff that you forget it is the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of bondage well the worship team join me I want to end with this our mind is an interesting thing I love to study that kind of stuff and and our memory is, is kind of funny. Our, our, our memory is, they, t they tell you to play little games. I always play these little puzzles because they say it improves your memory. I know I'm not that old, but I can promise you the older I get, the more I need my memory improved. Okay, I'm not that old, but I am, a, I am the age where you go to the room and forget why you went to that room. Anybody else there? Okay, thank you. Thank you. I'm not the only one. Our, our, our mind is an interesting thing. I told you this many times, but it's interesting when somebody dies, and especially if I know the situation, it's amazing how we will take somebody who we thought was the devil before they died, and whenever they pass away, they are the most angelic creature in the world. I want to be like, did you not forget what you told me last week? I don't mean that bad, but I mean, it's like we, we have this way of blocking out memories. Sometimes it's probably healthy, maybe it's a way of, of coping but here's the problem with that. Not only can we block out bad things at times and not deal with those things, but also I believe we block out the good things and we create in our mind something that may not be true. And here's the problem with that. If you begin to think that you are the one that delivered yourself out of your problems, if you begin to think you're the one who did that, why would God do this? God had nothing to do with that. Please listen to me, please. God has so much to do with your life that you can't even imagine. And he does more than we could ever think. And he has a life planned for us that is greater. We sang earlier, greater things. And I was right there just calling out to God. That's what we want. We want greater things. I don't mean just greater that we have more money or more cars. I mean, I want greater love for others. I want to see people come to know Jesus in greater ways. I want the, the impact to our community from Landmark Church to be greater. I believe God has greater things in store for this place. But here's the thing. We've got to be grateful for where God brought us out of. We can't think we did this. We can't think one person did all this. We've got to get to the place where we realize it is God who gave us the ability. And when you get out, when you get on the other side of your problems, when you get on the other side of your trial, don't look back and say, boy, I sure did some right things. How about you look back and say, God, you gave me the ability to be able to trust you through these things. And it was you who did it.
that it's in you I live and in you I move and in you I have my very being and if we lose the idea of gratefulness and gratitude here's the problem no offense if you do this people do it everywhere I don't mean it's bad I'm so glad that this month people take it and they'll be grateful for something but how about we don't wait till November to be grateful how about we start every single day of the year and every day we wake up grateful and thankful that God you gave me another day it may not be the day that I thought it was going to be it may not look like I thought it was going to look I might be tired at the end of the day because I can look at my schedule and see all I got to do but you know what Lord I'm not going to whine I'm not going to gripe I'm not going to complain I'm going to be thankful that I have another day on this earth you know what I'm 41 years old but I thought the other day I'm just glad I get to celebrate a birthday I'm still alive that's a good thing I'm on the top side of the dirt you understand And that is a reason to be thankful and a reason to be grateful. And what if our attitude was focused on the Lord? The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. In the moment, he's suffering. In the moment, he's on the cross full of pain. Jesus took the cross that I should have had to bear. And he took it for me. The punishment. He took it for me. And in that moment, he did say, my my God, my God, why are you forsaking me? But he's not griping at God. He's saying, God, I don't understand everything that's happening. But Jesus trusts the Lord through it. And here's the thing. We look to him. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And so I look to him. I look to him realizing that even though things may be tough and it may be painful in the season, I'm going to trust him because he is the one that's at work. I'm going to have gratitude and I'm going to be grateful. And as I am grateful, there is power in that. God can trust me with more because he knows I'm thankful for what I've got. Will you stand to your feet today? This podcast is now over. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on future messages.